And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Actually, it's awards season, right? Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here. I am the editor here at SciFiForMe.com. Awards, awards, awards. That's what we're going to talk about today little bit of departure from what we talked about yesterday. I told you, we're all over the map here. We go lots of different places. The live chat's open. You can also leave a comment. You can send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi4me.com. We're on all the socials. And we do have a newsletter we want you to sign up for if you're so inclined. There's snow on the ground. Fortunately, it's already melting. That was not... That was not an entertaining sight to wake up to. But, you know, weather in Missouri. It's a, it's, I would say it's probably a little bit more unpredictable even than the weather in Texas. On some days. Give it five minutes, it'll change. All right, uh, coming up today at 6.30, we'll have another event update. We've got uh, some more cancellations and closings and and uh, that sort of thing, so be watching for that. And coming up later this week, we've got a new Tardis sauce with more Doctor Who discussion. Over this past weekend, we dropped a new Foreign Bodies. Mr. Harvey and Miss Walker talking about Sweden and the horror stories coming out of there. And last night we had a new H2O talking about villains. So there's lots of different things here for you to enjoy, especially if you're new. We do invite you to subscribe. Take a look around, see if there's anything that you like. And if you prefer to uh, get these kinds of shows on podcasts, players instead of sitting here and watching on YouTube, uh, you can do that too. Apple, Double Twist, Listen Notes, Amazon, iHeart, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, various different podcast players where you can get this show. Uh, you can also set up an RSS feed and get us that way if you are so inclined. And, you know, it's it's one of those things. I'm looking at view counts. I'm looking at monetization. I'm thinking, you know, YouTube, some shenanigans going on, maybe. I don't know. It's one of those things where you sit there and you think, okay, what are they doing? And I know it's probably related a little bit to the 
to the uh, we're going to we're going to make it easier to hide your dislikes or whatever. And I don't know if it's part of that algorithm tweak or what, but uh, the last couple of videos that we've posted here have been uh, limited monetization for a while. I've had to submit them for review. I haven't had to do that in a while. So I don't know. We'll see what's going on. Darius Munchausen in the chat. Hello. Welcome. Good to see you here. So it is award season. There are a lot of awards going on. There's a lot of, you know, people patting themselves on the back. The industry is is all over themselves, recognizing excellence in, in their various different fields. And, <coughs> excuse me, there is... There is something to this. I mean, it's nice to get an award. We've gotten awards here. Uh, We are uh, the best science fiction, fantasy, and horror website of 2020 for uh, some magazine out of the UK. So that's that's something. I have awards on my wall for various different television commercials that I've done, short films that I've produced. It's nice to get recognition. It's nice to get those little pats on the back to those attaboys. And I I will admit that in our pursuit of excellence here, it would be nice to get a Hugo, a Nebula, Dragon, for, you know, best fanzine or best related work or something like that. But... At the same time, I look at how the Hugos have been going, for example, and it occurs to me that if you have an organization that is now giving out awards for uh, politically and racially incensed diatribes attacking, uh, I guess you could say one of the founding fathers. I mean, if if you're going to give an award to somebody for a profanity-laden rant against John Campbell, and now you've got a nomination for some diatribe uh, from someone who's upset because George R.R. R. Martin mispronounced some names at last year's Hugo's, does the Hugo actually mean anything anymore? And by extension, you look around at all of the other awards that are out there, the Nebula, the Saturn, the Locus, the World Fantasy Award, uh, the Bram Stoker Award, and then you, you cast your net even further afield to the Oscars, the Grammys, the Emmys. Ratings for those television broadcasts for those awards have been down precipitously over the last few years, which leads to the conclusion, the suspicion, that nobody cares about these things anymore. And I know we've got a pandemic going on. There are more important things to think about But have, have those awards ever really been relevant? Maybe. A lot of times, though, it doesn't really mean very much. I mean, it, 
yes, it's useful for marketing. You got bragging rights. Hey, I won an award. I can do that. I'm an award-winning media producer. Has it helped me find work? No. Has it brought any advertisers or sponsors to this channel? No. Has it attracted people who want to contribute to the site? No. So it's bragging rights. I've won awards. I've won numerous awards for my writing, for my filmmaking skills. So it looks good on paper. You can use it for a sales pitch. Hey, we've won awards. We've won a number of awards. Good on you. And I suppose it could be good for, you know, when contract negotiations come around. Now you have an Oscar. You have an Academy Award. That makes you more valuable. And it gives you, you know, it gives your project a little bit more prestige. We have an Oscar-winning performer in our cast. But that's all industry. That's all inside baseball stuff. I mean, the, the people who care about these things are the people inside these things. The people who care about Academy Awards are the people who are making the films, who are populating the cast and crew and there might be a little marquee element to this. Where it's like, ooh, they've got an Oscar person in there. They've got an Academy Award winner in the cast. I need to go see this movie. I don't hear that a lot. As a matter of fact, I don't hear that ever. Now, my, my first, when I was first, when my, my first marriage... Uh, when we were dating in college and then afterwards, after we got married, we would watch the Academy Awards every year. I had a little bit less interest in it than she did. I saw it because I'm in the industry. It helps to know these things. But it's kind of like paying attention to the royal family when you're in the United States. It don't matter a lick to the general public. And we've had conversations here now. I've had, I've had conversations with Mindy about how, how things – there are certain things that we should be paying attention to and certain things we don't need to be paying attention to in terms of the craft and the work that we do here. And that's not really award stuff. It's, you know, looking at news articles, paying attention to newsletters, and looking at other websites that have information that we use and that is part of our reporting and commentary on what's going on in the, in the genre multiverse, in, in science fiction and horror and fantasy. There are things we need to be paying attention to. 
And there are certain websites that we probably need to check in with and, and take a look at every now and again, whether they're, whether they're excellent websites or not. <clears throat> Mary Sue. It's part and parcel of what I call situational awareness knowing what's going on around us. And I would love to expand that to include sources on the inside. I would love to have two or three people at Lucasfilm telling me what's going on at Lucasfilm. I would love to have a few people at the talent agencies telling me what's going on there. Who's in negotiations? What are we hearing? Give me a scoop. I'd love to do that. We're not big enough to attract that kind of attention. We're not big enough to justify that kind of activity for some of these people. And I, I get that. I understand that. And that's fine. And if we won a few awards, a Webby, a Dragon then maybe that brings a little bit more attention to us and we sit there and say, okay, well, now we're worth the time. We're not some fly-by-night website that's just going to make stuff up out of whole cloth like some sites do. Or some YouTube channels. Do awards matter? Yes and no. You have the Oscars, you have the Grammys, you have the Emmys, you have the Tonys, you have the People's Choice Awards, and then you get the GLAAD Awards, you get the Hugo, the Saturn, the Nebula, Dragon, Locus, the Philip K. Dick Award, you have the World Fantasy Award, the Bram Stoker Award. And recently, you know, just over the weekend, we had the Chainsaw Awards from Fangoria and Shudder TV, recognizing excellence in horror. Some of these awards, I think, carry a little bit more weight than others, carry a little bit more meaning than others. I mean, the Hugo Awards now are, are completely irrelevant to anybody outside the 1,500 people that vote for the Hugos. Nobody cares about the Hugos. The Hugos do, don't have the prestige they once did because of all of the politics and the shenanigans that have gone on the last 10 or so years. And it continues today. We see that with the nomination of the article taking George R.R. R. Martin to task. My head was turned, I guess you could say, uh, as far as the, the relevance of awards, for me personally, uh, with the Addy Awards. Now, for those of you who are not familiar, the Addy Awards are an industry award, the uh, American Advertising Federation. And there are regional groups around the country, and you get together and nominate, and you are uh, looking at an awards ceremony for local TV commercials and promotional spots and PSAs. They get produced in these regional areas. And I've won, I've won several. 
but then, you know, that was outside the Kansas City market. When I get into Kansas City, uh, it was driven home to me very quickly just from interacting with people and seeing how people dealt with certain people and other people. The, that the Addies were good old boys club. I mean, there are certain people who, who are nominated every year, certain people who win every year. The regional Emmys are the same way. Uh, the Hugos are the same way. You know, you have, you have the accusation, the suspicion that it's heavily weighted toward authors and editors who work for Tor. Whether that's true or not, that suspicion is out there. And now we see with the attacks on banned books, you know, there, it's, it's, it's all politically driven. And it, and it could be ideological politics or it could just be good old boy network politics, office politics. doesn't matter. The results are the same. You're either in the group or you're not. And if you're not, you're never going to win. So for me... I have not focused on awards for myself for a number of years. It's nice to get one, but ultimately that's not going to be a goal to pursue here. It's just going to happen or it's not. But you look at the ratings for a lot of these really public, really prestigious awards, the Academy Awards, the Emmys, and the ratings are in the tank for these shows. And somebody has to be concerned about that. I would think, although I, I ran across an article the other day, and I don't remember where I saw this. I, I want to say it was Hollywood Reporter, somebody who has been nominated, uh, really was basically saying that you know, the, ratings, the ratings don't matter as long as the events are more inclusive. And again, you get into the politics of the thing kind of ruining the thing. Um, you know, Bill Maher was right. Everything's political these days. But they shouldn't be. Awards, especially, especially when it concerns craft, skill, those should not be driven by political ideologies. And I know you're going to get office politics in there. You're going to get, you know, who knows who, friend of a friend. Well, I'm going to vote for this person because they, they you know, I owe them a favor or whatever. But that's, that shouldn't be the norm. And you have some, you have some awards that I think are probably a little bit more relevant than others. I mean, you have here. Uh, for example, the RTOs Awards, uh, which are for the Casting Society of America. Now, this is not something that's going to be broadcast on network TV. It's going to stream. 
You know, but this is for casting directors. This is for people who put together the actors that appear in your television shows and your movies. This is a skill craft thing. This is not this is not something that's going to be, you know, for for general popular popular consumption. Same for the Eddies. You've got the American uh, the American Cinema Editors Awards. This is a craft thing. This is a skill thing. Editing a film or a TV show matters. It makes a difference in how the story is told. If you don't have a good editor, then you don't have a good product. You don't have a good film. Uh, you look at the stories of the first Star Wars movie and remember that the people who edited that first movie are not the first people who edited the movie. George Lucas was shooting in London and sending the film back and somebody was supposed to be editing this thing and it was an absolute mess. He ended up having to take it all completely apart and his wife, Marsha, and a couple of others, I think Robert Watts, I think, no, not Robert Watts, uh, Marsha, I can't remember the other two, but you had a complete redo because the editor made a mess of things. The editors can do that. The editor can fix things. You know, that, well, fix it in post is a joke, but with every, with every piece of humor, there is some amount of truth. Here are the Art Directors Guild Awards. All of these going on at the same time. Now, of course, this is all ramping up to the Academy Awards. You ha- it's award season. You're going to have a bunch of different uh, a bunch of different awards. You have the MPSE Golden Reel Awards. These are for sound editing, the motion picture sound editors. All of these are craft skills. At least they should be. American Society of Cinematographers. The Annie Awards. Now you get into the DGA and, you know, the Directors Guild, the Producers Guild Awards. That's a little bit more esoteric in terms of, well, what skill do you need to be a director? What skill do you need to be a producer? It does does require a a certain skill set. And those skills need to be recognized, and I get it. You, you want to give them awards for doing that job well. And that's, that's fine. And then you get this. Your, your American Film Institute top ten films of the year last year. Uh, you have <clears> – <throat> this is an article in Deadline – uh, the headline, this is from March 9th, Pete Hammond, the writer. What BAFTA, DGA, and PGA nominations mean for Oscars? Are they a sign of the pandemic or real change for the industry and awards? And what it gets into here, uh, reading from the article, when the American Film Institute released their AFI Top 10 Films of the Year list last month, Five of the top ten were movies with black themes and almost exclusively black casts, a breakthrough for diversity in the black filmmaking community on a par with nothing else I can remember when it comes to year-end awards recognition. And it goes on to talk about uh, the diversity 
and <clears throat> does that does that trump good craft now i i have not seen any of these movies I don't know. I, I hear that they're good. Lots of people say that they're good. Okay, if there's excellence in craft. But I hope that you recognize the craft of the people making the thing and not just the, the exterior appearance of the person making a thing. Because what does it matter? Again, you go back to what Dr. King says. Not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And awards, for the most part, to me, should be a recognition of excellence and craft. How well did you do the job? Gender, ethnicity... Height, weight, birthplace, political ideology, sexual orientation, none of that should matter. And yet here we are <coughs> with people focused on that all the time in everything. Does it matter? And if the focus now becomes turned to identity, what does that do for the general population looking at these things? That's a question now that's being raised. Here's the article in the New York Times. The Oscars are a week away, but how many will watch? Certainly not as many as they used to. Hello, Cam1138. Welcome. It's good to see you here. Reading from the article, this is from um, this is New York Times, April 18th. Nicole Sperling and Brooks Barnes. We'll give credit where credit is due. Uh, the subhead, TV ratings for award shows have been in free fall especially during the pandemic. I don't think they're related, but okay. And Hollywood doesn't want the viewing public to toss its premier showcase into the entertainment dustbin. Okay. Now, reading from the article, neither intimate looks into stars' living rooms nor scantily clad pop stars performing provocative hits have been able to stop audiences from tuning out awards shows this year. The ratings for the Grammys were down by 53%. The Golden Globes plummeted by more than 60 Now, as Hollywood prepares for a coronavirus-delayed Academy Awards telecast on April 25th on ABC, it is faced with the ultimate doomsday scenario that the viewing public is ready to toss its premiere showcase into the entertainment dustbin plopped next to variety shows. Oscar meet Lawrence Welk and his bubbles. At a time when the traditional film industry is fighting for its primacy at the center of American culture, I would, I would debate that. 
With at-home entertainment soaring in popularity and pandemic-battered theater chains closing, there's a reason for that, a collective shrug for the Oscars would send Hollywood deeper into an identity crisis. And a shrug certainly could happen. Guts Plus Data, a research firm that focuses on entertainment, said last month that only 18% of active film watchers in theaters or at home had heard of Mank, the Netflix film leading the Oscar race with 10 nominations. <clears throat> so, nobody cares about these awards. Why? Why? are people tuning out? That's the question. It's not... It's not... That's the question. Why are people tuning out? When you answer that question, then you've solved half your problem. Mazur says, Pointless awards. Is that like the play stupid games win stupid prizes thing? Probably. Sci-Fi Stab in the chat. Why would the pandemic be a cause of lower award show viewership? You would think more people would watch being bored in home and perhaps seeing less than normal of their favorite stars. You would think it's a good question. Why are the ratings dropping for all of these? Cam1138, one reason is that they stated openly it has nothing to do with merit or popularity, but rather enforced quotas. Well, and you see what's going on with the Hollywood foreign press. They've made a commitment now. We're going to have 18 blacks on the board. Okay, and? The fact that they didn't before, what does that mean? What was their motivation? What was the reason behind the fact that they didn't have any African-Americans on their board before that? And is, is making a commitment to add blacks to the board performative? Or is it actual substantive change? Do you have blacks on the board just simply to have blacks on the board and say, look, we fixed it? What does it matter. Sci-Fi Snob suggests the ratings would be even lower without the pandemic. I would suspect you're right. Okay, Mrs. Boss, I, I, you remember what I was talking to you about last night? Okay, so last night on the H2O Project, I keep wanting to say H2O Project. Why do I keep wanting to do that? Last night on the H2O Podcast, we're starting, we're starting to talk about things. And Mindy was typing into the chat. And I was concerned that she was responding to people that I couldn't see. Because for whatever reason, the, widget, the chat widget on my mobile... Sometimes doesn't give me everything. And now I'm looking right now and I see comments in the chat on my desktop and I've got nothing, absolutely nothing on my mobile device. If I was, if I was depending on this, I would be in trouble. 
So I'm going to set that aside and not pay attention to it because why? I don't understand that. <clears throat> it's, it's a question of what matters most. And this is a question that needs to be asked of all of these award ceremonies, whether it's an industry award or if it's a general award or, you know, if it's a, if it's a particular craft award, the unions give them, give all the awards, the visual effects society gives an award, the chainsaws, I mean, it doesn't matter. The question is, What's the purpose behind the award? Uh, um, yes? I just want to put my two cents in really oh, fast. Okay. Well, no. I mean, no, that's fine. You, you talk about what the purpose is, and I understand that, you know, if you do something good, you should get awarded for it if you do a good job in whatever it is you do or any of it. I know for myself, you know, it gets to be the point where it's more – it has to do with what they do. If you're in the industry, it makes sense. If you are a local cow farmer, it doesn't make sense, you know. But, you know, whatever, Hollywood needs to show off or anybody else. But I know that for me, I don't need to, you know, I want to go up there. I want to celebrate people's work. I don't want to sit there and be lectured because I don't, you know, I'm not part of the... Uh, how was it put? Limo liberals? Limousine liberals. Limo, yeah, yeah. Cameron, Cameron Pasha had that right. You know, I don't I don't need to go there and get screamed at because of how I think or feel or whatever. And at the same time, you know, you do point out, you know, with this whole, you know, they they don't care about the viewership. They make sure it's inclusion and stuff like that. And like you pointed out with the Associated Press that they're changing things up. Is it because they're checking the boxes off or are they, is it actually going to make a difference in their business and make it grow outside of the fact that, you know, people see this and it doesn't matter if this person doesn't know how to do their job, they happen to fill in a box. Yep. And I feel that a lot of this with them requiring movies, TV shows, whatever it is, to check the boxes, it takes away from everything else. Like you have talked about, you and Tim have talked about, it's more of, like I said, checking those boxes and not having a good story or checking those boxes and having bad workers or anything like that. It's no longer about how good a person is at what they do. Right. Well, and the other, the other part of that, I mean, you look at, you, you look at the, uh, Ricky Gervais and his, uh, his speech, uh, his <laughs> opening monologue at the golden globes here. What last year? Yeah, that was last year. I, I, I'm looking through here. And if you look at, if you look at in a search, you know, I've got 34 million views in one place, 18 million in another, a million in another, uh, 1.9 million. I mean, there's there's millions and millions. Here's 14 million views, five and a half million. You know, this is what people are watching. 10 million here. Here's 7 million Joe Rogan talking about it. And 
that to me says a whole lot more about how the general public views the Hollywood elite more than I mean the ratings the ratings are not going to reflect actual here's here's what we think you've got you know when so many different broadcast networks now are looking at streaming and other other way other delivery methods for these programs to get out to the general public you still don't have a whole lot of people watching uh, Eastland in the chat, welcome, uh, says, I have publicly declared myself a genius in a self-mocking voice. I want others to believe I am a genius, but this most likely will not happen. Uh, saw this de- decades ago with brick-and-mortar stores that had no minorities and then inserted minorities into middle-level management, and we did 80% of the jobs, and they were above criticism. That kind of, well, see, and that's the other thing, too. How much of this, how much of this is performative? Because, you know, (coughs) the flip side of this, when you look at most favored nation status being given to minorities, women, people of color, the the oppressed classes, as it were, the, the, uh, what was the, the, what was that that I just that I saw just the other day the 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 down payment the down payment to equity act basically saying the underprivileged you know is it's it, the I don't know if you're familiar with this this is a new thing the down payment to uh, down payment to equity act has been introduced and it basically sets up a grant of up to $25,000 to help first time home buyers Okay, on the surface, that sounds great. You know, especially in this time where, you know, things are a little bit, you know, pe- some people can get a little financially strapped. It doesn't, it, it's, it's not a bad thing to try to help people out. And it's a grant, which to me says you don't have to pay it back. But then there's a clause in there talking about under, uh, what was it, underprivileged, under... Yeah, the disadvantaged, disadvantaged first-time homebuyers. And the automatic assumption, it's in the bill. It automatically, I should, I should pull this up and look and, and show you just specifically because this, this kind of thing is what we're looking at for a lot of a lot of programs, not just awards, but the Down Payment Toward Equity Act. Let's see if I can pull up the, the language on this because this is, this is, this is scary. I'm trying to see if I can get a, get a copy of the document itself. Because what this does is it goes specifically with the assumption that people of color, that minorities, are disadvantaged. 
So here it is. This is a this is a summary from the National Council of State Housing Agencies, the Down Payment Toward Equity Act of 2021. If you go through here, uh, this is updated April 14th of 2021. And you go through here, and this is, you know, how they figure out, you know, the grant and the formula and the calculations and all this other stuff. You know, first-time home buyers, first-generation home buyers, uh, people who who don't have uh, something and they 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 want a grant because they want to buy their they want to buy a house. And it says here, this is this is in the text. The act defines socially disadvantaged individuals as, quote, those who have been subjected to racial or ethnic prejudice or cultural bias because of their identity as a member of a group without regard to their individual qualities. An individual, any individual identifying as black, Hispanic, Asian American, Native American, or any combination thereof will be presumed to meet this definition. So, you're automatically at a disadvantage if you're not white, according to this document, this this bill that assumes by default that because you're not white, you're not going to have the same kind of success, opportunities for success than anybody else has, which is bunk. But this is the same kind of thing you see with these awards. You see this this going on in Hollywood right now. You know, we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to. We have to have a certain percentage of fill in the blank, check the box. And last year, Oscar So White was trending as a hashtag because... The Academy, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, are is a racist organization. They're not recognizing enough people of color. When the focus becomes on something other than craft and skill in an award that's supposed to be for craft and skill, then the award no longer has meaning. The Hugo Award means nothing except to the 13, 1,500 people who vote for the Hugo Award. There are fewer people voting for the Hugo Awards than are subscribed to this channel. Think about that for a minute. The Hugo Award is supposed to be the biggest, most prestigious award in science fiction literature, they say. And there are fewer people voting for the Hugo than are subscribed to this channel. So, there's that. The Academy Awards will continue to lose viewership. The ratings will continue to plummet. The ratings this year will be worse than last year. And, you know, Snob, you've got it right. If in this time of the pandemic and the lockdown, when everybody is is under house arrest and not allowed to get out, you would think 
that some of these awards programs would have a little bit more attention on them. But as we saw with San Diego Comic-Con, with Comic-Con at home, nobody cares. And people, I think, with, with the circumstances being what they are, I think people are starting to realize and understand that they don't need Hollywood. They don't need certain groups that do nothing but preach at them and re-re-re all the way home. Eastland uh, in the chat. Ricardo Montalban said, hire us because we are good at our craft. He was a leader in a group to try to get fairer casting for parts in Hollywood. It, quotas, I have always felt that quotas are racist. Because you're not hiring on merit. If you're going to have somebody, and if, if a person is the best person for the job, whatever that job is, it should not matter what they look like, what plumbing they have, who they sleep with. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter if they're a person of faith or not. That's not the criteria for the job. Now, if you're a church and you're looking for a pulpit minister... You want somebody who knows his scripture, who can teach. So in matters of faith, you have a church, there is a requirement there, sure. But those are, those are the esoteric jobs. And awards should be the same way. Awards should sit there and say, who did it best? Who are the best editors? Who are the best directors? Who are the best actors? Who are the best sound designers? Costume designers, special effects artists, stunt teams, and yes, there should be a category in the Academy Awards for stunts. It takes a great deal of skill and ability to make sure that you can pull off a stunt safely. That deserves a category. Who are the best comic book writers? Who are the best comic book artists? You look at the Eisners. Are they relevant anymore? Some would argue they're not. Because race and identity and intersectional feminism, all of these things have come into play where they shouldn't. I don't care. And see, and that's the point. That's the whole point of Dr. Dr. Martin Luther King's speech. It shouldn't matter. And yet we continue to backslide 
into the segregationist era of the 1940s and 50s. Where you have graduation ceremonies and the groups are divided by race. Where you have parties and get-togethers at events like Emerald City Comic Con, No Whites Allowed. Where you spend an entire month on black history, you spend an entire month on gay pride. This is tribalism, and it encourages people to be at each other's throats and see each other as the other. And as long as we are doing that, it's easier to control you. It's easier when you have groups that are at each other's throats. You can keep that going. If you're fighting each other, you're not fighting the one who's really causing more of a problem. And that's true of government, religion, social mores, junior high. If I can keep these people fighting each other, they're not going to be paying attention to me. And I can accomplish my goals without interference from these people over here because they're too busy with the petty stuff between them bickering back and forth, neener, 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 and I can go and do what I need to do. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's right, Darius. Divide and conquer. Everybody needs to go watch Wag the Dog. I know it's not a science fiction story, but go watch Wag the Dog. And tell me that that's not a sort of mockumentary at this point. Uh, Eastland says Star Trek stories had characters introduced by the job positions rank in which department. And I and I would go beyond that even where you have people uh, in Star Trek in in classic Star Trek. Let's let's make a delineation here. In classic Star Trek, you had people who had their jobs based on merit. Now, not so much. I don't know. I long for the day when the Hugo Awards actually will mean something again. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think, I think the Hugos are done. I think the Oscars are on their last leg. They'll still happen. I mean, they're still... There's still the Academy Awards. But how many people have seen the movies that are nominated for the Academy Awards this year? I don't even know who's nominated. I don't care. 
And that's where we're at. We're at this point where the general public has a lack of interest because we're tired of getting lectured. We're tired of having fingers pointed at us. Don't, you know, this shaking the index finger in our faces that Hollywood does. We're tired of irrelevant Hollywood types telling us what we should think, how we should feel about things. I think that this may very well be one of the last, if not the last year, for a lot of these awards to be televised. In this day and age where a lot of people are looking at streaming, and, a, and all of the networks have their own streaming services now. I mean, NBC's got Peacock. CBS has Paramount Plus, you've got Disney Plus, you've got Hulu, all the, all these different all these different services out here. CW got got its own app. You can go to the various different websites for all of these uh, all of these networks and you can see their shows there. The award ceremonies will move online and they'll be broadcast somewhere youtube twitch i mean twitch there there are award ceremonies that are broadcast on twitch now you know they have to do with video games but it's not it's not that far of a leap to make uh for other award ceremonies to jump to virtual the hugos have been live streaming their stuff since i think 2014 2015 And you'll have people that still have an interest in watching those, but it won't be millions. It won't even be in the hundreds of thousands. They're done. Unless, unless and until, I'm going to be optimistic, unless and until, the organizations that decide these awards, whether whoever it is, Academy, World Science Fiction Society, whoever, if they decide, we will nominate and award based on craft, skill, talent, merit and put all this other stuff aside maybe they bounce back maybe i can be optimistic about that i can sit there and say hey i you know i can i can foresee at some point maybe there's a day in the future where we get past all of this cultural rot. And that's what it is. The cancel cult is just a symptom of cultural rot.
it'll move online. People will watch it or they won't. I mean, Comic-Con at home, San Diego is one of the biggest, probably the biggest Comic-Con in the world. And a relative handful of people tuned in to Comic-Con at home. Because the celebrities weren't there. You can go see them and get their autographs and get a picture taken with them. That's the dynamic for a lot of these events is the the see and be seen element. And as events, as states start to open up and we get back to some semblance of normalcy with events, you know, maybe we'll see an uptick in attention being paid to some of these award ceremonies. Who knows? One thing that the Oscars have going for them this year is that nobody's going to wear masks at the, at the ceremony. So there's that. Does it make a difference? Probably not. Nobody's going to watch. The ratings are going to tank. We'll see. We'll see. All right, coming up tomorrow on the program, Robert Reisler will be here. He's the author of the book The Four Myths. It's an apocalyptic thriller. It's been compared to The Stand. So he will be here tomorrow to talk about that. And in the meantime, we do invite you to go check out uh, the H2O podcast that we had last night, What Makes a Villain. Last week, we talked about What Makes a Hero. Last night, we did The Corollary. Uh, and then we also have already available uh, this past weekend uh, a new Foreign Bodies, Tim and Leslie going to Sweden for their conversation this uh, this past weekend. And then coming up this coming weekend, we've got a new Tardis Sauce, Doctor Who discussion there. So we do invite you to check that out. And if you are new to the channel, we do invite you to subscribe, have your notifications turned on. If you have been subscribed to this channel for a while, make sure your notifications are still on because some people are not getting their notifications. And some people have been somehow unsubscribed without their knowledge or consent. So double check that. And uh, if you are into the alternative media, the alt tech, you can find us over on Odyssey as well. Uh, and the links are all in the show description. So that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for watching. We will be back tomorrow. Remember a couple of things. Some things you fight to possess are sometimes not worth having. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 